everybody what is going on it is crypto bobby and welcome to the crypto bobby podcast hope you're having a great day great night wherever you are listening in from and today i'm coming to you with a youtube live crypto happy hour that i just did i know a lot of folks out there i've always asked for the recordings of the crypto happy hour and this one was kind of funny because the second um give or take five minutes basically the second i went live uh bitcoin hit nine thousand dollars i was all excited I wanted to, to hop onto YouTube, hop onto Twitch, talk to a bunch of people about uh, Bitcoin hitting $9,000. As I was about to press record, the price of Bitcoin dropped about $500, $600 in, in a second. So you'll you'll hear that at the beginning and a lot more, but this was definitely a fun one, some fun commentary and a lot of, a lot of people asking some interesting questions. So I hope you'll enjoy that. But before we get started, if you guys haven't heard about Roan, you are absolutely missing out. Roan is a men's performance lifestyle and premium activewear brand that is engineered for quality and comfort. I got myself a pair of their workout shorts as well as the workout shirt because Bobby's trying to get back in shape and hitting the gym five days a week. So hopefully I don't look like, look like a bum this summer. And let me tell you, their training shorts, training shirt are awesome. I love them. They fit great. They feel great. I even wear the training shirt to work. And now Roan has just released their awesome new commuter collection. It is a performance alternative to the you know everyday boring old work where you have pants, polo, shorts, shirts, all lightweight, comfortable, wrinkle-free stuff that you guys will absolutely love. It's good for all weather, anytime, weekday, weekend. Uh, I think you'll definitely love it. I know I'm a huge fan. So if you are interested, go over to roan.com slash Bobby. That's R-H-O-N-E.com slash Bobby to use a promo code to get 20% off your first purchase. Again, that is R-H-O-N-E.com slash Bobby. The promo code is Bobby for 20% off your order. Roan.com, R-H-O-N-E dot com slash bobby promo code bobby let's get into crypto happy hour pretty much the entire market just <laughs> just dropped off the face of the earth the second i went live uh eth dropped about 10 bucks down to 276 ltc is actually doing all right uh bsv shout out satoshi's vision i am short right now since 212 so i love to see it down to 196 197 i don't hate that at all could be worse and yeah, just wanted to wanted to pop in today. I know it's been a little bit of time here, guys, uh, since the really the last video. I've been pretty busy the past like two weeks or so, unfortunately, uh, as far as content goes. But uh, working on something new that I think uh, will actually go out, probably be live in the next like two two or three weeks. That will, in some cases, I think be helpful to some of you guys. So I'm excited about it. It's been something. Uh, been something I've thought about doing for for quite a while, but uh, I think you'll you'll enjoy it when we get there. So that'll be that'll be an exciting aspect. And stay tuned too. I'm actually recording a video uh, this afternoon, but I'll publish it tomorrow. It's with Clay Collins from Nomics, which is a company that does uh, data aggregation for the cryptocurrency space, and they run an API for the cryptocurrency world. So you can actually get clean and trustworthy data. And what we're going to do in that conversation this afternoon, but I'll publish it tomorrow. What are we going to do in that conversation this afternoon? I'm going to talk a bit about uh, really the issues with the crypto exchanges and a lot of the fake volume and the garbage you'll see on coin market cap. So I'll walk through how you can look at some of the garbage that is on coin market cap and protect yourself from that. And just be aware of some of the nonsense that happens there on a continual basis. So that'll be exciting to see. And I should probably turn this off of the one minute charts as well. Hopefully I don't, uh, you know, mess up your, your eyes too much there, but yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy little, little pump over $9,000 and an immediate dump back to 8,500. Pretty, pretty nuts to watch. And guys, as always, make sure to make sure to leave as many questions, comments, want to interact as much as possible as more you guys get in here too. <laughs> Garrett Olcott, thank you for shorting BTSV so overvalued. So I can just give a little bit of high level thoughts here on that. I'll get rid of this stupid thingy. Um, but the BTC or excuse me, Bitcoin Satoshi's vision. I'm not a fan of it. I, I also don't want to get sued, so I'm not going to go too much in depth, but you know, it is up a, it's up a cool, what do we have? Satoshi's vision is up 230% in the past 10 days. 
which is a pretty damn good play if you bought the bottom of that. Shout out Loomdart was one of the people that literally publicly tweeted about going in at basically the exact bottom. And uh, I saw a lot of the run-up was was due to the Coin Geek concert today. The Coin Geek concert, the Coin Geek Coin Geek conference, which if you're not familiar with, Coin Geek is owned by Calvin Air, who is kind of the uh, buddy of Craig Wright and one of the big proponents behind Bitcoin Satoshi's vision. So my thesis with that was, you know, if you look back at Ripple and Swell, the Ripple Swell conference, Ripple pumped incredibly into that in September of last year, dumped off a cliff really right before the Swell conference or right around the time of the Swell conference, kind of figured after a 230% move, you might see some type of logical pullback. One thing that's a little bit scary, a little bit worrying is that, uh, you know, the, the the BSV crew has a pretty, uh, BSV crew has quite a bit of money. And I would expect maybe some continued fuckery around what BSV is, is trying to pull. And don't know if this is necessarily the top, but hey, I'm going to play it with a relatively tight stop loss and see what happens. So, you know, you got to you gotta fight the good fight. You got to short the garbage, see what happens and hopefully make a little bit more money on it, make some more Bitcoin and hey, take a vacation from it. So, uh, and to that point, yeah, Bitcoin SV was on Bloomberg. I believe that was Bloomberg Canada. I tweeted that video out with like 75 crying emojis. So uh, there are multiple versions of Bloomberg. That Bloomberg in particular was uh, Bloomberg America's hat, even though I love Canada. Shout out Banff, beautiful place. We'll pull up Coindesk too. It's been interesting to just to watch the the market as a whole and the improving mood around crypto. I would say it is very much. I, I a lot of people still are are trying to hold on to. Are we in a you know we're we're not out of the woodwork. We're not out of the woodwork. I am very much of the opinion that you don't fight trends now, especially after you know kind of living through a few different trends in the crypto space. Um, and I, I am of the opinion that you really don't want to, to fight trends specifically. And right now the trend is clearly on the up. And I think there are more factors in play for the time being that might contribute to that move up. And there's enough hype and excitement. And I do think retail is getting back into it. I tweeted about this the other day. It was kind of a joke, but, uh, literally is, uh, uh, it is something that actually happened. I was in the gym and, it was actually the, the it was uh the the locker room. So there's like two bros getting ready to leave the gym, and one guy's like, "Dude, uh, have you seen Bitcoin yet?" And the other guy's like, "Yeah, man, it's already up to like eight thousand bucks." And the other guy goes, "Oh, what did it get down to?" Uh, I was like, "It went all the way down to like two thousand dollars." And the other guy's like, "Bro, I know. I was so depressed, I couldn't even thinking about it. I couldn't even think about it. But now I got to, you know, I'm I'm getting back into it. I'm excited about it again." And I'm probably going to buy more. I just need to find my ledger. So I do think like, granted, that's one random conversation, but those conversations you didn't hear about nine months ago, like nobody was having those conversations again. Like I'm hearing that I'm hearing people talk about Bitcoin more and more and more and cryptocurrency just kind of in public and in random places. And you're starting to see retail come back a little bit, which I think is, is a positive thing if you want uh, Richard top confirmed, LOL. <laughs> I, a lot of people tweet about that, but you know, to, to the credit of the gym, it's an Equinox, you know, rent or rent, uh, membership to Equinox basically costs a Bitcoin a month. So these aren't like Uber drivers that are buying more Bitcoin. So hopefully they'll move the market up a little bit more and maybe it's not the full top, but you know, <laughs> when dudes talk about buying BTC at the gym, you sell, it's not when dudes talk about. So that's also one of the things that I kind of think about. And it's, this is again, one singular conversation. So determining market movements based upon this, based off this is the most ridiculous, idiotic thing on the planet, but it's not necessarily when people are talking about buying Bitcoin at the gym. It's when people are talking about how much money they made off Bitcoin at the gym. That's when you sell that shit. But again, this is, this is Equinox. It's not, uh, it's not your Uber driver. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully these people are slightly ahead of the trend. Who knows? And the one thing I think that's been worth, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I think that has been really interesting and worth watching has been the money cycling right now. I've talked about this in basically every video I've, I've made in the past month or so, but the money cycling between your Bitcoin and between the altcoins and how that cycle is occurring and where that cycle is occurring. Because right now, that's something that's kind of continued to happen is you have 
Bitcoin lead the way with these pumps and then it will suck value out of the altcoins, at least in a Bitcoin perspective. And then the money will move from Bitcoin or some of that money will move from Bitcoin into those large cap cryptocurrencies, the more liquid large caps, those will pump slightly. And then you'll see that kind of trickle down to this, to the mid caps and to the small caps kind of over and over. It's been this little bit of a repetitive cycle. Granted, if you are somebody who's not trying to trade consistently or anything like that, the just, just buying and holding Bitcoin right now has been a pretty damn good move. And, and you really, I mean, we're almost at the point where if you bought $5,000 Bitcoin, you're close to a double, which is, which is pretty crazy. So, and there was plenty of time for people to buy $5,000 Bitcoin as well. We're not talking even about, you know, 30, 32, 3,500 or anything like that, where, you know, you're basically buying the absolute low, but you can look and see that, Hey man, I have Bitcoin's almost at almost at or just touched $9,000. So I bought it at 5,000 bucks. I'm, I'm doing pretty damn well right now. Uh, Node Investor, what's up, brother? I hope all is well, man. And uh, is it too early for you to grab a beer? No, absolutely not. I'm meeting a buddy for meeting an old LinkedIn buddy that I worked with, um, a buddy that I worked with at LinkedIn for a beer this afternoon. So I'm not going to get started with that. And I also have to record my interview with Clay Collins. So I don't want to, I don't want to be too tipsy for that. But uh, I'll have my beer later right now. It's just good old-fashioned H2O because it's around lunchtime here. So but uh, so, so thoughts on BNB. Um, when looking at looking at BNB, I mean, it's it's obviously extremely... It's BNB has been one of the best performing assets around. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, will it continue to do so? I, I have no I have no real clue. Uh, the one thing is for certain, BNB is... BNB is economically speaking, you know, whether or not you want to argue with, with Binance and, and what you would, cons I know there's a lot of YouTubers out there that are like, Binance is shady, this, that, and the other thing. It's terrible. It's bad. It's the worst thing on the planet. You know, you can argue about that all you want. Um, but in that case, um, in the case of Binance, when you're looking at it, the token that they've, the way they've structured the token is pretty incredible to think about. If I pop over to, let's see, uh, pull that up. So if I can find from CZ's tweets, this is what's interesting. So they're, they're a, a token that has gone through the process of use, you know, use BNB. And there are many ways you can use BNB now, which is uh, interesting to watch that pan out both from a you know buying perspective, if you're trying to exchange it, if you are utilizing it in a finance standpoint, like lending or something like that, or with the BNB chain, or if you need to buy it to get into their IEOs, Binance has actually given people a reason to hold their cryptocurrency. They are not afraid because of the way they're structured from a regulatory perspective. They are not afraid to go, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily go after it, but Binance isn't afraid to put utility behind their token. Whether or not you want to argue that it is an illegal security, you can absolutely make that argument. That is an argument you can make all day long, and I would respect most of it, I think. I would also say that Binance is one of the few cryptocurrencies out there that gives people an incentive to actually hold it. A lot of the projects that do things kind of by the book and are trying to avoid the classification of being an illegal security because they're based in the US or whatever it might be, no, they can't really provide the same reasoning for people to hold their cryptocurrency and to use it. Because of that, Binance will always have a leg up. The one that I am keeping an eye on right now, and I am, uh, I'll say it now, why not? Uh, Leo, which is the token for, which is the token for Bitfinex, the Bitfinex ICO or IEO that they launched is one that right now is trading at about $1.50. And Leo is structured in many similar ways to BNB, but in addition to that, they've kind of improved upon it in the white paper as far as giving it, like I would say, pumpability and giving it reasons to increase the value and basically making it an investment. Now, uh, Leo, for the most part right now, is only either bought on Bitfinex, which you need to be KYC'd specifically to buy Leo. Uh, so you need a KYC'd account. You need to be four and you can't be in the U.S., or you might be able to buy it OTC. Uh, I'm personally uh, in the market to buy it OTC. So I don't necessarily love Bitfinex. I don't think that uh, I don't think that they always perform things in the most transparent and non-shady manner. But if we're looking at straight up pumpability and me trying to make some money, 
I, I'm thinking of open up in a opening up a bag of Leo and seeing how it goes. We'll see what happens. And so Dustin has a good point. I'm thinking 10K is really the number that's going to get people back in. I mean, you're already seeing it happen just on, you're seeing the pickup again. And I've talked about this before, but you start to see the pickup and the cycle that occurs where you have, whether it's on Bloomberg, even freaking Craig Wright on, or Calvin Ayer on Bloomberg, or, um, you know, Anthony Pompliano on, on CNBC in the US or on Bloomberg or these you know crypto investors that are on mainstream media talking about why you should be buying Bitcoin or you know what the value proposition is, what's happening with the cryptocurrency space right now. The more that happens, the more I think, I don't want to say that the price solely goes up because of that, but that definitely gets retail involved. That's the type of thing where my mom will text me on a random day and be like, hey, there was this random thing on you know, on Bloomberg that I saw about somebody, you know, about Warren Buffett talking about Bitcoin or something like that. That type of thing is what gets retail interested and involved again. And even though there's the point of, yes, a lot of people got in in 2017 and got their faces ripped off. I still think human nature for most people, this is a psychology game when it comes down to it. And I do think that a lot of people, a lot of human nature out there, when you're looking at it, individuals will will hear their friends and their friends are, yo i bought bitcoin bro i bought bitcoin at four thousand dollars it's up 2x right now uh i made you know i made 10 grand i made 20 grand i made 50 i made 100 grand whatever it might be and they start telling their friends that and they're like friends are like yeah shit i lost 90 percent. but this time it's different this time i know what i did wrong and now i can get back into it now that things are you know now that things are straightened out now that i know how to approach things so i i do think that there will potentially be a additional retail madness and to that point too this is something that i think is uh i think it's a joke bob me now there we are to that point we'll take a look over at gbtc this is something where oh damn that just dropped real quick <laughs> but still so if you're not familiar with this gbtc is something where you can buy on the otc markets uh in and in OTC in the OTC market is is different. It's kind of like a version of it's basically like the pink sheet NYSE or uh, NASDAQ, whatever it might be. But there is the GBTC, which is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. And this is interesting because you can buy this in the US with your IRA, your E-Trade account, whatever it might be. But it's not real Bitcoin. Um, it's not like fully one for one valued with Bitcoin. But the one thing that you, you'll see here actually is that so one share of um, so one share of the Grayscale Bitcoin Investment Trust, if we pull up the price, uh, so it's eight eighty eighty six eighty two. So if we pull up the price of of the Grayscale Investment Trust, we'll just say eighty six eighty two. It's actually the Bitcoin per share is point zero zero zero, whatever it might be right here. So I'll I'll do the math for you guys real quick. The shares themselves, because the Bitcoin per share is 0 0.0, what do we got? 0 0.0098247. These shares should actually be trading at $8.52 if they were trading at par with spot BTC. The demand, however, for these uh, for the shares of GBTC is actually so high that if you look at it, it's now trading at $11.87, which happened last time there was a big bull run there was a, a really massive increase in the premium of what happened or of the premium between GBTC Investment Trust and Spot BTC. So the actual price of Bitcoin, according to the Bitcoin per shares of the GBTC is $8.52. However, it's uh, it's at $11.80 right now. So if you do 1180 uh, divided by what? 852, you get a 38% premium right now just because it is the only way to buy Bitcoin in your IRA accounts or through your E-Trade or whatever. And it's it's not even the best way to do so. Now, E-Trade, Ameritrade, and a number of other, uh, you know, a number of other companies out there are coming into the fray to allow retail investors to better access and to have stronger access to Bitcoin, potentially most likely not at that premium. So I do think that this goes to show, again, the over-demand that there is in the retailish slash institutionalist institutionally sector. And in addition to that, um, you have 
Monero Dinero, shout out uh, for the mention as well. But ETH E is the other one. So there is right now an ETC investment trust. So the same thing as GBTC, but for Ethereum Classic. How many of you actually invest in Ethereum Classic slash like Ethereum Classic? Probably not that many of you. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Uh, but the Ethereum investment trust is coming out ETH E and that that'll be the ticker symbol and that will allow people to if you have an ira account you can actually go in and buy exposure and it's not necessarily buy, you're not buying spot ethereum or spot bitcoin with gbtc you're buying exposure to it you're buying buying exposure to the price movements and, and people will be able to buy uh, ethereum essentially ex exposure to ethereum through that and there were a lot of people that were talking to about how much bitcoin has or how much GBTC, how much Grayscale has been buying Bitcoin? I believe it was something like, it was like 11,000. They had to buy 11,000 Bitcoin in the past month or something like that to kind of stock the coffers. So Bobby, what is your heaviest bag currently? My three heaviest bags are Bitcoin, Tezos, and Ethereum. All right. In in order, probably right now, Ethereum, Bitcoin, Tezos. So I am, I'm balls deep in... Balls deep in Tezos, baking those babies, Bitcoin and ETH. Uh, I've, I was very lucky to have opened up a CDP with, uh, if some of you guys remember the video I put out about opening up a CDP, I think I showed you guys how to open up a CDP when ETH was at $105. So not too bad, uh, but showed how to open up a CDP. I opened up one at that 105 buck, buck range, but I also opened up one at 135 uh, and I took uh, a couple thousand die out of that and ended up buying ETH and have been long ETH on that. And also, this is pretty cool too. I would highly recommend. So DYDX is not perfect by any stretch right now, but if you guys are interested in checking out a pretty cool product, this is a this is an on-chain like margin lending product. So you can go long or short on Ethereum. This is something that is... Uh, done. It's called DYDX. If you go to DYDX.exchange, I've been using this recently too. It's kind of fun to play around with, uh, but you could do cross leverage uh, 2X, 3X, 4X, and you can go long or short on Ethereum. And so it's it's a pretty pretty sweet product. I've liked it a lot. It's been fun to play around with, but that's also one of the ways I'm, I'm kind of additionally long on, on Ethereum right now. But it is uh, it's free to use outside of paying the gas fee. The one thing to note, the gas fee, because the smart contract is very complex, the gas fee is actually like three or $4 sometimes. So you'll pay a fee when you open up a position and close a position, but it's it's a really smooth experience. I like it a lot. If you if you are experienced with margin trading or just wanna like dip your feet in a little bit, it's a cool way to check things out. If you like the DeFi community or the Ethereum community. Uh, Eternal BSV is the real Bitcoin block stream is afraid. Uh, I am happy to let you know, Eternal, that I am short BSV from 212. That is in the money. Suck it. I'm just kidding. Thanks for watching, bud. Uh, it actually isn't the real Bitcoin. No, that's an outrageous statement. And it's not true at all. Uh, do I like Litecoin? Uh, not, not particularly. I'm not a not a huge Litecoin advocate. Litecoin really hasn't actually dumped off though, which is, I guess it was up to 220, it dumped down to 115, but it really didn't dump off too hard during that. Yeah, it did a little bit actually. But I'm not a massive fan of, of Litecoin in particular. It's not something that I've talked about before. I don't I don't hate Litecoin, but I don't see a huge value proposition to Litecoin. It's it's just a very competitive. What Litecoin does is very competitive. There is a lot of of competition around the um the payments there's a lot of, of competition around cryptocurrencies that can transact quickly and at at high speeds you know whether it's bitcoin cash whether it's bitcoin's lightning network whether it's um litecoin whether it's something like nano whether you want to get into xrp there's a lot of of products out there i guess you could say or, or cryptocurrencies that kind of stake that as their claim and i think that you know, doing so is is highly competitive and can be difficult to to stick out. Uh, sure, I can leave if you want to check that out. Monero Dinero, it's uh, dydx dot exchange. You can Google it as well; it should come up. But 
And yes, Alejandro, I did indeed jinx the bull market. That is a 100% fact. The second, if you if we look at the one minute chart, I swear to God, if you look back here, this was, I think I went live at, I went live at around 12, 15, 12, 17. That was the dump from 8,900 all the way down to 8,500. As I was clicking the, the go live button, if you rewind it back later, when you're watching this, you can, you'll see it and it's uh pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> I was, I was for a second because I, I went in, I was excited. We got $8,900 Bitcoin. I make the, you know, make the title $9,000 back. $9,000 was back for like four and a half seconds. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, thoughts on ADA making a comeback from hell. I think it's possible. ADA pumped pretty hard too in, we have AD. Well, actually not super, not super, super hard, but yeah, actually did. Uh, from March to April, Cardano went up from about, about a thousand sats all the way up to 2000 or all the way up to close to 2000 sats, it went up 78% against Bitcoin. Uh, but it's really fully retraced at this point in time It fully retraced those gains. Will it make that move again? I have no clue. Um, Cardano was my best play of 2017. A lot of you guys know that. I think a lot of you guys kind of hopped on that as well. A lot of people made a lot of money in Cardano in 2017 wasn't the worst time in the world. Uh, I do not own any Cardano right now. Um, I'm not against owning Cardano uh, at all, but it's not something that I am. Uh, I'm not some. I'm not actively evaluating Cardano. I base for me right now. I have ETH, which is my like one platform play, and then Tezos is my other. Outside of that, I have Bitcoin, and then uh, you know a couple couple random shit coins here or there. <laughs> I see Dustin Lewis saying, please, 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 Cardano, make that comeback. Um, here's a good question. I haven't heard from you in a while. When Lambo? I don't know. The First of all, I'm never going to get a Lambo because I don't, I don't want a Lambo. But uh, that shit would get torn up in the potholes in New York. That would be that would be a bad, bad, bad play. But we really want to go nuts. Maybe I'll take a Jaguar Range Rover one day, but need need to go up. I'd rather I'd rather buy a nice apartment. Not rent anymore. Rather, rather buy a nice place. That'd be enjoyable. Just make sure to sound off in the comments with uh, as many questions as you have. I will try to try to get those in place. Uh, you still have Gin Coin, unfortunately. At this point in time, I'm like, fuck. Like, it's down. It it pumped. It pumped majorly when I initially had it, when the the rate for the master nodes in Jincoin was a, was actually a lot, and I was making it was a point in time where I was making like a hundred, two hundred dollars a day on on Jin. Now it's like ten dollars a day. So, but luckily, I think I, I made enough initially to kind of offset the big fat L that I ended up having. But I should have dumped that a long time ago, a long, long time ago. Uh, Ravino, what are your thoughts on the B, uh, BCH SV ticker symbols too long BSV rally? What are my thoughts on that? I am, uh, as I said before, I am currently short. Uh, I think that there is a possibility that the kind of rally, you know, they, they might, the, the Bitcoin SV crew might, might pull some kind of last minute stunt around the end of the conference. But a lot of times with these, a lot of times with this stuff, I mean, the, the, the BSV rally started off with the copyright claim that means absolutely nothing by Craig Wright that he created the Bitcoin white paper. That literally means absolutely nothing. It has no relevance to anything whatsoever. So that was one of the things that kicked off the rally. And then people started looking at, hey, this conference is happening in two weeks. Maybe they're going to announce something. Something big is going to happen. Every time there's a conference, there's always a run up into the conference. And then people realize that like nothing is actually happening or they just sucker people into buying into the conference and the smart people dump the day beforehand or right beforehand, whatever it might be. Um, so, I mean, it looks like the move was essentially, if you dumped at 4 a.m. today prior to the conference, I think the conference started at like 9 a.m. If you dumped a few hours before the conference, you basically played that move perfectly. Uh, I chose to wait till the conference started. I went short at about eight o'clock this morning. I think it was like 7.50 something. And uh, went in at 212. So we'll, we're at 197 right now. 
see see how that goes see if i can ride that down for a while hopefully i can don't hurt me craig don't hurt me calvin but uh i'm trying to play it see what happens uh monero dinero hey bobby do you ever use auger it's still hanging in there in og project so i've actually used uh this was so this is one this is a product that's built on top of auger and this is also interesting because Vale recently forked auger and basically took the code and created their own version of auger so uh, I used Vale recently to bet on, uh, I actually lost, <laughs> I lost like five ETH on a bet, which is, wasn't fun, especially now the ETH is like 280 a pop, but uh, I bet on the, how many, it was actually, in this case, it was how many Twitter followers will uh, Pete Budigag, I think it is, Mayor Pete, um, how many Twitter followers will he have, or will he reach, it was a specific date, I think it was May 1st. And it will, was, the question was, will Pete Budigag have a million followers by May 1st? I bet five ETH on yes. Turns out that on the last three days, his follower count dropped off a cliff or the, the new follower count dropped off a cliff. I lost that bet. But uh, Vale is, is a, it's a pretty interesting implementation. There's not a ton of liquidity yet. And the whole kind of decentralized prediction market is still, unfortunately, seems kind of early. Like there's not as much stuff to bet on as you'd like, and you're still probably better off with centralized betting options. But this is what how I've used Augur so far. That was the one bet I put through. So uh, host beef, as opposed to roast beef. Uh, <laughs> notice how all the projects that move to Binance chain are all projects that are struggling. They move to Binance chains for the Binance effect pump. So it's interesting. Um, it's interesting with Binance chain because there have been. I don't want to say like all of the projects that have moved. I, I haven't judged all of them or I haven't looked at all of them, but a lot of the ones actually, if we pull this up here, we can probably see, I think I still have this open. We open the image in a new tab. Uh, you got Mithril, Block Mason, Credit Protocol, Red Pulse, Gifto. I don't even know what Crypto Bonus Miles is. Phantom, Kenya, uh, Anchor. I think that's not Raven. That's That's a different thing. Honest Mining. So you have these companies that have have moved over to the Binance chain. The one thing I think where it's uh, it's maybe relatively interesting, but the one thing I think there where it could be relatively interesting is a lot of these. There are certain companies or there are certain tokens that really can't be migrated, and there are certain tokens that that can. And there are some of these tokens that are built on the ER, ERC-20 standard, which is the token standard for Ethereum. They're built there on the ERC-20. Uh, they're built on the ERC-20 standard. And it is relatively easy for them to switch to Binance Chain because they don't actually utilize Ethereum in any way outside of just using their token as a payment token. And if they do that, then it makes it, makes it relatively easy to switch over because they're actually not really utilizing Ethereum outside of simply just paying uh, paying on the network. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, if uh, a project, if a company is deeply embedded within Ethereum, they're likely not going to move. Like, let's say something like Augur, uh, at least for the time being, uh, as was just you know talked about, you have to basically Augur is, is built on top of Ethereum. They also, you know, some of these other companies that are built on top of Augur then as well, uh, it's kind of this, this, this layer, multi-layered stack. You have the layer one, layer two product, layer three product, perhaps there might be additional layer scaling, things like that. But when they're deeply embedded into Ethereum, they're probably not going to, to skip. And in many cases, the payment tokens are the ones that don't really do all that much. And so the ones that have the easiest kind of move scaling over to, to Binance chain are sometimes the tokens with the, the, the least use case. That's not to say all of them are bad or all of them are good or anything like that. Uh, JC Nola, what's up, brother? Red Pulse Phoenix or Matic? I think a lot of people have, I don't know too much about Red Pulse Phoenix if I'm being very straightforward, but I think a lot of people have a good amount of respect for Matic. It has also performed incredibly well. Um, that was one of the, you know, Binance ICOs that uh, kind of crushed it. After, after falling off a cliff, I don't want to say falling off a cliff, but after selling off pretty much immediately, it bottomed out and then just went straight through the roof. At one point in time, Matic was up 1,000% uh, and is now up 400% from the low, except depending upon when you bought in, I mean, you might be down a decent amount. Um, just always be careful if you are a big fan of anything like that. Just always be careful of, of buying 
something that's gone up that heavily because things tend to retrace very quickly. A lot of times these are not sustained moves. And uh, when you look at uh, altcoins, my, my thoughts just in general are you know, Bitcoin tends to, Bitcoin leads the market, obviously. Um, but you are, if you are somebody who is not, if you are somebody that wants to hold a cryptocurrency for the long term, Bitcoin is, is likely the best thing for you. You are, there is a very minimal chance you will keep up with the pace of Bitcoin, both on the way up uh, and also you will likely outpace Bitcoin on the way down if you are holding altcoins. Now, if you are simply trading, if you are swing trading, if you're short medium term trading, that's fine. You know, you're probably going to make money. But when you look at the, the tokens that did better than Bitcoin, that's basically reserved, at least in the past like six, eight months, it's basically been reserved for BNB, uh, Link, and maybe a handful of others. The vast majority of other tokens have not outperformed Bitcoin and fell way, way harder than Bitcoin did when Bitcoin was down 70%. They were down 90, 95 plus percent. Um, and then they've been slower to recover as well. So always something you want to think about. What's up, Samuel? Glad, uh, glad you listened to the podcast as well. Um, googly eye. Hey, Bobby, do you think it's too late to buy more Chainlink mainnet release today? First of all, shout out to Chainlink Army. That is, it's it's the weirdest but kind of coolest group of individuals. I, <laughs> you guys are freaking some of you guys are nuts it's it's i don't know how like Chainlink is just like this crazy 4chan army of of awesomeness i don't i don't even know if it's awesomeness but it's like the random altcoin that just has like a go 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 um army of of people that that love it they're they're nuts shout out to you guys you are a strong bunch um however buying buying something when it hits mainnet and this is this is Typically, typically with crypto, and this might not be true for Chainlink, but typically in cryptocurrency, when a project hits mainnet, there is a ton of hype, there is a ton of FOMO, there's a ton of excitement around that project moving into mainnet. And then when it actually hits mainnet, people realize that, hey, maybe this isn't as exciting as I thought, or maybe things just didn't pan out as we had hoped, and they lose excitement and the price goes down. So that's something that I think has happened repetitively. Will this be the exact same scenario for what will happen with Chainlink? Uh, I, I don't know, but I would just be aware if you are trying to buy more Chainlink today, uh, if you're trying to buy more Link today because it's, it's mainnet. A lot of times mainnet announcements in the cryptocurrency space actually don't pan out well. You would think intuitively uh, if you are just new to the space or, you know, common sense, like, hey, this is the product is launched. It's it's going to go up. Uh, the products typically, you know, the tokens typically go up into the, the product launch. And then people realize that, hey, maybe this isn't as as fantastic as we had hoped. Uh, EOS or Tezos? I personally have a big bag of Tezos. Tezos is my choice over EOS. That's my personal opinion and my personal thoughts. Uh, thoughts on the big EOS run-up? Uh, a lot of that is a lot of that. I think was due to God. which did it run up? I mean, is EOS even necessarily that much up from the from the lows? Eh, from from the lows against Bitcoin, it's up quite a bit. I would I guess I would say, but it's still like down from where it was in April. It kind of had a similar trajectory to what Cardano did, uh, and it, it has popped a little bit harder. But uh, there's there's some excitement I think going into the EOS conference. I think that's the Block One conference that's coming up. Uh, let's see when that is. That tomorrow, I guess. So again, no, that's the wrong thing. 
see. Brendan Bloomer, I think, is a CEO. This was kind of funny because this also goes to show the... This goes to show the just ridiculousness and the rumors. There are some crazy... This is something that you as just... As an individual in the crypto space, you always need to be aware of. Uh, in my, my personal opinion, you absolutely always need to be aware of this. It's the fact that there is a ridiculous amount of weird social engineering that goes on that I don't really think is seen anywhere outside of maybe politics. Uh, I think a lot was made uh, in the U.S. elections and foreign elections about, uh, you know, different fake accounts and bots and things like that on Facebook and maybe Twitter and other places. But there is an equal amount of fake content and weird things that happen in the cryptocurrency space. And I've, you know, I've seen it firsthand, even yesterday with BSV, Bitcoin Satoshi's vision, or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Even yesterday, there was a fake tele, I think it was a fake WeChat rumor that was circulated. It was a screenshot of WeChat that was saying that uh, Craig Wright was sending 50,000 Bitcoin or something to Binance to, to prove that he was Satoshi and that Binance and CZ was going to publicly apologize and relist BSV. And it was just a clearly falsified rumor, but apparently it was going around like wildfire in China and people, it pumped the price of BSV substantially. And that type of thing kind of continues to happen. And when you look at EOS, Brandon Bloomer is the CEO of Block One, which is essentially the CEO of EOS, if we're being honest. Uh, Brandon Bloomer is the CEO of Block One. There is the B1 conference in June that uh, is apparently happening. And he said, they're excited, but we encourage everybody to be realistic. People were circulating rumors that they were uh, partnering with Facebook, with Apple, with Google, um, that they were doing airdrops and all of this is not true. And it's, you know, the speculation was getting so rampant that the CEO block one actually had to tweet about it. So uh, pretty just crazy to see that. And shout out to uh, Sri Carr, who I was on a panel with one point in time, <laughs> who said, I assume this means the Twitter partnership is in uh, imminent. Taking a look at some of these questions here now as well. I don't even know what a new dawn is. This sounds like a Twilight movie. <laughs> Later, Satoshi Bear. So uh, DSA Marcos says, when Fidelity starts allowing trading in the top five cryptos, the FOMO will really catch on. So Fidelity right now, uh, I believe, is fully focusing on Bitcoin. I would not expect Fidelity to move into anything but Bitcoin for the time being. And also, before we get really excited about that, let's wait till Fidelity actually launches uh, their their kind of full-on Bitcoin product Um and I think that's something that, you know, we'll, we'll want to, we'll want to wait and see as far as that goes. So something to think about, but I think, you know, what, what's Fidelity, Googly Eye, uh, good point. Um, so Fidelity is one of the largest, if you're not familiar with Fidelity, uh, Fidelity is also going to be one of the biggest players in the space, in my personal opinion. Uh, but Fidelity is a, and we'll pull it up here. It is a financial institution in the United States. Uh, a lot of people, they're a big 401k provider. They're a big, uh, they're also a big custody provider for a lot of firms. They provide financial services. They have uh, $2.46 trillion uh, in assets under management. The CEO of Fidelity, Abigail Johnson, is a cryptocurrency fan and has come out publicly and said so. I mean, it's a company that did $18 billion in revenue in 2017. They're legit. It is a a very, very legit company. I mean, you look at that $2.46 trillion in assets under management is like 10 times the size of the cryptocurrency market right now, just in their assets under management. Obviously, there's not going to be, even if Fidelity adopts Bitcoin uh, and kind of full on goes into, you know, full full on goes into Bitcoin support mode. We'll take a look and see exactly what they're, they're up to right now. But so this was the latest with Fidelity on May 6th, about a month ago. They're rolling out their crypto trading in a few weeks. For institutional clients, they're focusing, you see here, focus will be on institutional, not retail customers. So do not expect to be trading Fidelity through your own account. But the fact that the fact that larger players can trade through Fidelity is a it's a big deal. 
And part of the reason that it's a big deal is that with Fidelity, there is a level of traditional financial trust that a lot of the upstarts in the cryptocurrency space don't have. You know, companies like Coinbase, and my, I like Coinbase. I know a lot of people shit on Coinbase. I like Coinbase. But if Coinbase goes to a, a large Wall Street player, excuse me, If Coinbase goes to a large player in the space, large trading firm, whatever it might be, you know, big Wall Street bank, they're not going to have the same reputation and brand equity for traditional finance as somebody like Fidelity does. There is a level of comfort for traditional players in dealing with Fidelity versus dealing with a maybe a Coinbase or a Circle or a uh, you know another kind of upstart firm or Gemini, whatever it might be. And, and that's really important, I think, in the long run is, is not necessarily that that is where the industry is going, but the optionality to have that is something that will be helpful, I believe, in the long run. Uh, the Mad Cow. Uh, what's up, brother? Doesn't have to be in all caps. I'll see it anyway. <laughs> but hey, Bobby, what's your background before you got into crypto? What else do you see do besides this channel? So my background before I got into crypto, I worked in software sales. I worked at uh, Oracle and LinkedIn and software sales. I sold uh, cloud accounting software. It's super exciting, right? Uh, ERP software is what I did. And uh, what else do I do besides this channel? Uh, I also work full-time at AirSwap. And uh, in addition to that, I like to look at crypto shit and eat and drink. That's And I like the Jets. That's about it. <laughs> What's up, Dumbo? So Ricky Thompson says that's why banks will use Fidelity coin instead of XRP. So I don't think Fidelity has any plans of rolling out their own cryptocurrency. Uh, I believe Fidelity is simply going to be supporting Bitcoin. However, you might have met, you might have been referring to JP Morgan, which in that effect, I do think that there is uh, that JP Morgan coin, while a lot of Ripple slash XRP fans might, might argue with me on this, I do think that Ripple uh, and the XRP coin and JP Morgan coin are rather competitive in nature and they're competing for kind of the same level of mind share. The functionality might not be the exact same, it might not be the exact same, but the function or the, the overall kind of competition, the competitive landscape that they're going after is rather similar in my mind. And I do think that JP Morgan has more money in the bank account. They have more relationships. They have a leg up over Ripple. Granted, Ripple definitely has a lot of money in the bank account. They, you know, are, are certainly growing their relationships and, and signing more partnerships. But uh, JP Morgan, whether or not you like Jamie Dimon, it's it's interesting to see. Uh, it's interesting to see the team at JP Morgan kind of going very, very all. I don't want to say all in, but but going hard into cryptocurrency. And it's kind of a it's 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 a what are you doing, not what are you saying thing. Like the CEO might be saying one thing, but when the company is actually you know building and doing the other thing, that's that's what they're actually thinking. Yes, I do like long walks on the beach as well, host beef. I I went to the beach last weekend. It was it was wonderful. <laughs> so Ravino Theron says, "How can you start making decent money in crypto starting out?" That's a uh, that's a tough question. Um, you know the and, and I don't know what decent money is to you. Uh, decent money means different things to everybody. There is trading. There are interest bearing accounts like BlockFi and other things. This is a good, this is a great, uh, let's see here, Loan Scan. Boom. This is a really good website if you guys want to check this out, Loan Scan. So if you are somebody that, you know, and, and I think this, this should, should likely apply to most people, but you are either not comfortable trading, you are not confident in your trading abilities, or you just don't like the stress of it, whatever it might be. And, but you want to hold cryptocurrency for the long term. Maybe you'll take some profit from it eventually. There are numerous ways now in which you can actually earn interest off of your cryptocurrency. 
or you could also borrow more cryptocurrency, although I necessarily wouldn't recommend that unless you know what you're doing, but you can earn interest off your cryptocurrency and it's not, you know, BitConnect 1% a day type crap, but you might be able to earn 15% uh, for holding a stable coin, although it's not really cryptocurrency. Maybe you, uh, you know, with something like Celsius, you might earn 4% for Bitcoin or um, you might earn 3% for XRP. So you get 3% interest on an annual basis. Not bad. You also have to weigh the positives and negatives. There are risks associated with this type of stuff. There are you know, counterparty risks. There are uh, issues with insurance potentially. Uh, you are potentially giving up custody of your cryptocurrency or putting it in a smart contract that might be able to be hacked or exploited somehow. So you have to be careful and you don't want to do everything with that. But if you you know don't really know what you're doing in the cryptocurrency space and you want to be like, hey, you know, I want to make a little bit of money from the cryptocurrency that I hold already, there are certainly ways to do that. And loanscan.io will tell you a little bit about those ways to do so. Uh, Crypto Glenn, is this a paid review? Uh, no, dude. I, to be honest, there's one thing I really can't stand is when like I bring up a product that is, and this like, they don't even make money. It's just a data aggregator. But there's one thing I really can't stand. It's like when I talk about anything in crypto at all that like is helpful to somebody. They're like, is this paid? Is this a paid review? Did, 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 did they pay you for this? No, I'm trying to help you out. But if you don't want help, then shit uh mad cow i bought i bought crypto for the first time in december of 2013 uh i saw an article about dogecoin and i started mining dogecoin and i started mining bitcoin in december of 2013 and then i was kind of i i got beaten down in the 2014 time frame a little bit i i definitely bought the top but uh, I bought the December 2013 Bitcoin top, which wasn't the best, but I think the cheapest I've ever gotten Bitcoin was like $250, so could be worse. I'm, I'm just busting balls, Crypto Glenn. I'm just busting balls, buddy. Yeah, Garrett, I can update the portfolio on my website. Happy to do so. Um, so, uh, comfort cuisine and getting back to, I guess, Fidelity's point here. Have you heard anything about Fidelity getting into the top five or top 10 cryptos? Uh, and when, uh, I, I answered this before, but to reiterate everything I know about Fidelity is they are sticking exclusively with Bitcoin. I don't want to say Fidelity is, is quote unquote Bitcoin maximalist, but I think they are very confident in the long run in Bitcoin. And I would not expect other cryptocurrencies to be, tradable with fidelity anytime soon and again when you're looking at that that is solely institutional that is not retail trader so it's not something that you necessarily need to worry about on the other end of the spectrum though if you go down to this article here they say this an increasing number of traditional financial institutions are also looking into offering cryptocurrency services online stock brokerage firms e-trade and td ameritrade are also said to be preparing launch of crypto trading services i believe e-trade is trying to launch with bitcoin and ethereum trading and i believe td ameritrade is launching with bitcoin and then you also have Robinhood, obviously as well so but with fidelity specifically i think that will just be bitcoin uh googly eye do you, uh you think Actually, let me see here. So, hey, Bobby, do you think Bitcoin could go to 70K by the end of July? Uh, I would be doubtful of that. I sure as hell would not complain, but I, I would be I would be relatively doubtful that we'll see $70,000 Bitcoin uh, by July. So um, that's something that, ooh, BSV 188. Uh, thank you for that, Dumbo. I appreciate, I appreciate the heads up, brother. <laughs> hey oh. Let's go. Bobby's making money today. Um, ah, there we are. But uh, so if Bitcoin goes up, well, there were two questions about alt season. The one thing I will say about alt season is alt season happens very quickly. And it's typically 
Like if there is an alt season, it's going to be something that happens and it is a mass mania and it happens over the course of like two weeks, three weeks max. It's not, I don't think alt season will be this long pronounced, wonderful, joyous time where everybody's making a shit ton of money. It's going to be, you know, the people that are in the altcoins um, are, are, that are already in the altcoins are going to, you know, be in uh, for the best effect. And I think that is something that with every alt season, take profit, take profit, take profit. Uh, you know, nobody ever went broke taking profit and cryptocurrencies typically seem to retrace and retrace very quickly and uh, punish people who buy the top. So I would say that. Uh, any opinion on VeChain? I do not have any recent opinion on VeChain. I have not seen the new video. Um, so don't, uh, don't have any necessarily opinion on VeChain at this point in time, unfortunately. How can I join the 1000 X group? I, uh, I don't know, man. That's, I, I'll, if you want to give me a thousand X, I'd, I'd, I'd love to, if you, if you know the next thousand X, tell me and I'll, I'll buy it. But outside of that, I, I don't know, man. Uh, Seth BR, do you think IOTA can achieve zero free decentralized transactions? I think there's, there's trade-offs with everything. Anytime somebody says they are free decentralized transact, anytime something is very free, or not very free anytime something is free or very very low cost in the cryptocurrency space anytime something is like free or very very low cost or very very fast or um whatever there's usually trade-offs in decentralization there's usually trade-offs and flaws i would i would go into every cryptocurrency ever with the idea that there are trade-offs and there are flaws to everything and it's a balance and it's what balance that you prefer and it's what what is it is that a balance that you like? Some people look at Bitcoin and they say, wow, there's, you know, 10 minute block times and this takes way too long for six confirmations. Other people look at that and say, this is the strongest proof of work chain out there by far. This is the most secure chain and I'm fine waiting 10 minutes. I'm fine waiting multiple confirmation times, uh, you know, multiple confirmations to ensure that I'm transacting on the most secure blockchain. Other people look at, something else and they might say you know whether it's like a nano or an iota or litecoin or or ethereum classic whatever it might be it might be something that just got 51 percent attacked who knows but they look at it and they say hey you know this uh this thing is super fast my transactions will confirm in one second i'll be super excited about it i'll be super happy and i don't care if it's not necessarily the most secure thing so you just need to look at everything and realize and understand that there are trade-offs and anybody that says there are not trade-offs is providing you mostly with marketing fluff and BS. You just have to have a good BS detector and you have to be able to sift through it for sure. What's up, Leonardo to the great? Dustin Lewis, same as mine, buddy. Same as mine. Do you think salt lending is good? I think there are a lot of other lending products out there now. Um, salt lending was early on in the lending game, but there are a lot of alternatives now, and that's a very competitive, competitive space, both from decentralized and centralized products. So I have not used salt lending. Um, I think that there are probably other ones out there that I prefer. I mean, I've used Dharma. I like it. I've used Compound Finance. I like it. I've used Maker. Uh, I like it. I have not used Celsius. Let's see more lending platforms. We go down here. Um, I know the BlockFi team. I've not gotten a chance to utilize them yet. Um, Nexo is another alternative as well. Um, so I don't, I, I haven't used salt. Do I think ripple will replace Bitcoin? Um, not a shot in hell. That's, that's my personal opinion. It doesn't mean it's right, but I think that ripple and Bitcoin are very much in the complete opposite direction and uh, the ripple or XRP is more central. You know, you see on Twitter, like these ridiculous threads that XRP is more decentralized than Bitcoin. And it's like these by these ridiculous, it's, it's a joke. It's like that type of thing is, is outrageous. 
And you know, you could you could say whatever you want about if you can be a big XRP fan for sure. But when you just spread like just blatantly falsified bullshit, you lose all you lose all ground and you lose all respect. So Folks, at this point in time, I got to actually get some lunch because I got that interview in a, in a little bit. Got to gotta eat up. Um, but I will be putting this out on the podcast. Stay tuned tomorrow for that interview with Clay Collins about cryptocurrency exchanges. And we'll just dive into like all the crazy stuff that happens on there, like fake volume, how you can detect that type of stuff. Now you can make sure you're all good. Uh, but I really do appreciate the time, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. And if you enjoyed this video, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Hit that like button if you're new to the channel by any by any chance. Would love for you to subscribe. Hope all's well. Apologies for crashing the market. That's uh that's my bad. That's uh I gotta take that L. But uh, <laughs> take it easy, everybody. Peace.